Hello and welcome to the Life Church Canton podcast. My name is Jared Van Forrest and I'm your host for the show and one of the pastors at Life Church. Thank you for joining us on this wonderful day. Uh, we are going to finish up this code series by talking about partnership in a sermon from Nathan. And so I hope you enjoy that. If you would like to become a partner with Life Church, uh, I'm going to leave those instructions in the show page notes for how you can do that digitally. Um, and then we'll also put that information on the now page, which is lifechurchcanton.org slash now, and you can find out more there. Uh, if you would like to subscribe to this podcast, please go ahead and do so, and that way you're staying up to date information that's going on here, different things that are happening. Uh, and then if you'd like to give to Life Church, uh, you can go to lifechurchcanton.org slash give and find out all the ways that your generosity makes an impact. Now, enjoy the sermon. Amen. Amen. God is good. I'm so glad that you guys are here. Welcome if you're new and if you've been here forever. Thanks for being here. You guys can have a seat Oh, I'm grateful that you are here. My name is Nathan. I'm one of the pastors, and this is an exciting message, and I'm glad that you're here for it. If you are brand new, um, this is a great time for you to hear who we are in our heart as we finish this code series, but I encourage you to check out all of these codes um, in our messages by going to our website and checking them out. If you're online, thank you for being here. It's going to be a wonderful day. We preach about 52 times a year, and we like to take at least one just to spend some time on partnership. I'm going to tell you what that is and why it's important, but it serves as the foundation of our church, the foundation of the code. It supports it. It builds it up. It gives its teeth. Um, And I want you to know that I'm going to invite every single one of you to become partners here, no matter who you are. And that includes you students. Students, you can be partners as well. It's not just for the adults. It's for those who want to live into these commitments. Um, But let's take a step back for just a second. I know you've heard this, but our code, which is on the wall here, is who we are. But what is a code? It's a declaration. It's a declaration that gives meaning to who we have been. It gives purpose to who we are right now, what we do, why we're here, how we measure it, and it drives us to who we are becoming. This is an exciting season for us as a church. As the foundation is being laid, we are moving toward something. And partners, they uphold the code by making commitments that correspond with each of the six of them. It drives us forward. We're serious about the code. Our code is only pretty words on a wall unless we're serious about it, unless we engage. And in fact, it could be detrimental if we don't. If we say that this is who we are, but we don't do anything to make sure that that's who we are, it can actually have the opposite effect. It can show that we're not serious or it can be damaging. Explain it this way. It's like having a wonderful marriage vow, and they mean nothing, though, when hardship comes or after the children leave the nest. All of a sudden, those beautiful marriage vows mean nothing. Or a contract for a loan to pay out when you buy a house and then the money never shows up and you miss out on the house. Or insurance that you've paid for for years and years with the same company faithfully, but when a true sickness comes, they're nowhere to be found. Or companies that guarantee their product but leave you high and dry and don't stand by their work when something goes wrong. The code means nothing if it produces nothing. All of our codes are based 
on Scripture. But the one that comes up so often is Matthew 28, 19. It's called the Great Commission. Jesus left it to his church before he ascended into heaven. We talked about this in Multiply. It's, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit. This is our call to make disciples. We're pursuing what God has called us to do in this world in conjunction with other churches is to make disciples. It's a huge responsibility to reach everyone, all 8 billion people in the world with the message of Jesus Christ, but also for them to experience someone who's a disciple of Jesus Christ relationally. It's a huge responsibility. And the only way it's going to happen is if we have passion for Jesus Christ, if we have passion for his name. And it has to flow from our transformation, our transformation to look more like Jesus Christ. One of the things that you may hear, and you may have heard this before, is our heart breaks for what breaks his. What does that mean? Jesus Christ came to this world with a mission to meet every single person with his message of hope and truth. And there were times where you saw great passion and sadness and sorrow in Jesus' heart as he just wanted to draw his people to him. Our heart breaks in the same way as his does. So we have a huge calling we have a responsibility to see it through. One of the ways that Jesus really communicated uh, so effectively was through the idea of a parable. A parable is a story that helps you understand some kind of truth. And he would tell parables. In fact, he said, I mostly speak in parables to capture people's hearts and come in kind of through the back door of the imagination and show who he was and deep spiritual concepts. So today, I want to share one of those parables. In fact, we'll be sharing parables a lot because our next series, After New Life Sunday, which is next Sunday, is all going to be about the parables of Jesus. But I want to tell you the parable of the floor and the foundation. The floor and the foundation. It's not in the, in the Bible because it came from the life that I'm currently living right now, um, but it is a parable that I think will help us understand why partnership, the foundation of our church, is so incredibly important. On Friday the 13th, March 2020, yes, literally, Friday the 13th, March 2020, uh, our world shut down in Michigan. The pandemic came into effect, and the schools were shut down, and gatherings were shut down. We were told to, to stay at home. I know, I'm taking you back to a time when all of us were happy and excited about life. No, it was the beginning of the, the real effect of the pandemic. And like many of you, I decided if I'm going to be home all the time, I'm going to do a house project, a major house project. Anyone, anyone else get that bright idea in your mind? Uh, I did. So we decided to take out the entire kitchen's flooring, hallway, and bathroom on the first floor, about 300 square feet. Believe me, I know the exact number of square feet it is. And we decided to tear all of that out to put in new ones. There, were, there was tiles. Some of them were cracked. They were old tiles. just looked old. It was time. We had lots of time, and I just needed to keep my mind focused on something because at that point I had four adults and three children in the home. But I thought it would be a good idea by removing everything and living out of the kitchen for the, uh, or living out of the garage for the kitchen essentially for over a week. I don't know. I, I'm crazy. We did crazy things during the pandemic. So I tore all of it out. 
And when we tore up the tile, we realized that there was cement mud. It ended up being like over 3,000 pounds of material we removed from the house. It was a pain in the butt. And then I, I found this, this, this tile right here, and, and, and I installed it. But I found out later this is like one of the hardest ones to work with, this brand specifically. So there was a lot of uh, unpastorly words that came out of my mouth as I was laying tile and, and on my hands and knees. And I, I, they used to say that uh, I, I'm not like a very like technical patient person with materials. At previous churches, they said uh, that we had the Nathan method. If something was unstuck, you would Nathan method it, which means you just punch it until it fixes. Like, you just slam things with brute force. So, I've come a long, long way. And so, I'm sitting here just like cutting and being tap, 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 and it would just snap. It was so frustrating. It was like the worst experience I've ever had. But on it, I did it. And we had a beautiful floor. And that was the end of the story. Till three weeks later, when as we're walking around, I would hear a crack and a crack, and I'm like, okay, it's just, it's just settling. It's just settling. It's okay. Until these edges started to peel up, and these connectors started to snap in between, and my floating floor floated in a way it wasn't supposed to float, and I'm realizing I've messed up. Somehow, <laughs> I've messed this up. What a feeling of frustration. So I did what I know I should have done probably from the beginning, and I called a professional company. Now I'm out about a grand already, uh, and I'm like, well, you know what? You just cut your losses, and you pay a company to come in. The company comes in. I explained to them the areas of problems and, and the issues as best I knew it and said, I'm calling you because I need your help. And they said, we've got this. We've done this for years. We're not going to let you go away unhappy. Just give us the money and we'll schedule it out for like four months from now because that's how everyone was replacing their floors. I'm like, fine, whatever. I taped down the floor I currently had um, so I didn't poke my kids in the toes, literally. Just, it was just coming up and waited. Then the night before, I had to tear out the, the flooring for them ahead of time. And I don't know if you've ever had to do this where you put something in and three weeks later you have to tear it out, but it is not a fun experience. Not only is it hard and difficult, but it, it's like money. You're just like watching money go into the trash. Okay. They show up. They're like, we got this. They show up, they see the subfloor, and they go, there's a problem. And I said, what? And they're like, the foundation's not quite right. The subfloor's not right. We need to fix the subfloor. Um, so we need to lay down new subfloor on top of it that will even it out and it will do a good job and it will and it'll do it and, and, and we need you to pay extra for that. Uh, by the way, this is during the lumber problem. Do you guys remember that? Uh, so I paid four times what I normally would uh, for this floor and they put it in and I got a brand new floor, a new kind of gray floor uh, they're a little thicker and nice, you know. This is a better product that's going to last. And so after all of that, I get my new floor. And that's the end of the story. Until it wasn't. Because in a, three short months when spring started to hit, the exact same thing happened. Breaking up, cracks. And my floor started to disintegrate worse than the one that I put in. I called them out and I said, hey, my floor is messed up. They came around and they moved on it and they're like, this is, a, this is incredible. Something is wrong. We've never seen anything like it. And then I get on the phone with the guy at the store and he tells me, this is your fault. The foundation's bad. I said, you fixed the foundation. I paid you to fix the foundation. And they said, nope, still your problem. And, and I started this long battle of trying to get it. Meanwhile, my floor is literally peeling up and I have packing tape all along the seams. And this is, this is my life. Homeownership is a beautiful thing. 
So, for the third time, I got on my knees and I tore out the flooring. The third time. I tore it out. And then, with the help of someone uh, else, I had to pull up the subfloor that they had put in on top of my subfloor, which they did improperly. What's the whole thing? I had to rip out screws by hand because you don't rip out screws. That's not a thing. But we had to do that. Pull it up. Work on the subfloor. Work on the joist. And then I had to put it back down. And I'm doing this. And the whole time, I'm just frustrated because I paid good money to get this fixed. And they couldn't even fix it. Now I have to go back in and spend more time and energy on it. I, I can't explain to you the feeling of frustration that I had not one, not two, but three different floors that I had to remove. The splinters, the bruises, because I don't know what I'm doing all the time, of ripping it out, the cuts on my knees and hands, all for a floor, all because the foundation was bad, all because I didn't know what I was doing, but apparently they didn't know what I was doing. I just felt so incredibly frustrated and helpless. Have you ever been in a situation like that where you're just like, I don't care anymore. I will have dirt for a floor at this point. Therefore, everyone who hears the words of mine and puts them into practice practices like a wise man who built his house on a rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the wind blew and beat against the house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. The quality of our foundation is revealed by the storms of life. My foundation in my house was flawed. No matter the skill or patience, whatever flooring I placed on it or someone else did, it failed prematurely because there was a fundamental problem beneath the surface. And if your foundation is not built on the rock of Jesus Christ, no matter how good you are, no matter what patience or skill, whatever flooring, whatever you build on top of it, this foundation that's not built on Christ, it will fail like building a house on sand. And many of us for years have been laying a floor of finances on the uneven foundation of self-sufficiency. We've been laying a floor of relationships and marriage on the shaky foundation of attraction. We've been laying a floor of family on the brittle foundation of consumerism and not on self-sacrifice. We've been laying a floor of self-worth on unreliable foundation of job and status. We've been laying a floor of identity on the disappearing and disintegrating foundation of likes and subscribes. We are in danger of our whole houses falling down because our foundation is on the sand and we inherited it. And it's falling apart. Partnership, why we talk about it, invests and maintains the foundation of your faith. That's what it's for. That's why it's there. Partnership is saying we're going to agree that we aren't going to let each other have a bad foundation. We're going to work on it. It's so crucial to our understanding the why behind the what. What are the commitments, but the why behind it. 
It's the foundation. It helps us follow after Christ and make sure that we don't build anything on a foundation that's rotted or falling apart or broken. I want to take a second and just say something really important because I realize that was intense. Believe me, this flooring thing is very intense for me. I'm, a, I'm feeling it. Feeling it because I have raw subfloor for a floor right now. Listen. We need to understand that partnership is building into our foundation. And this is what partnership is not. Partnership is not membership. So churches, many churches have membership. In order to belong, you want to be a member, much like we have membership in other areas of life. But that's not what partnership is. You, as an individual, whether you're a partner or not, you belong. You belong here. This is your church home, whether you've been here for 10 years, 3 years, or 3 minutes. This can be your home if you want it to be. It doesn't matter if you're a partner or not. You belong. You get to be part of what's happening. You get to be married here. You get to do whatever you want. Here, this is part, this is part of your life. That's not what partnership is. Partnership is something I want for each one of you, though, because as you belong, you start to become, you, you encounter Jesus, and it transforms your heart, and you start to invest in your foundation in new ways. So there's a natural understanding and progression towards partnership, because belonging is for becoming, but it doesn't define whether you belong here, whether you're a partner or not. I want you to be excited about what God is doing in you and to partner with us, but you need to know Partnership is not membership. You belong. Now, I want you to follow with me, and I'm going to explain through what these commitments are and why they're there. So if you have your card, looks like this. This is the Partnership Covenant. Grab one, flip to the back, and go through it. Um, I would normally say that all six commitments are on there, but one of them got pushed off for reasons. I'll explain it. It is part of it. Um, but I want to start at the very bottom, which would be six normally, and work our way through and explain how these work. Now, six isn't going to be on this card, but five will be, um, and I want to explain through it. The first code we have is you belong. You belong. I just started talking about this. You belong here. See, a partner commits to joining or leading a life group. Why? Because a partner knows that when the storms come in life, they need to be surrounded by people who are encouraging them and supporting them, and they also know that they want to extend that to other people. So number six, if it was on here, would be I commit to being in a life group or leading a life group. Number five, encounter Jesus. I will pray, study the Bible, and submit control of my life to Jesus to grow in my faith. Those who are partners know that their foundation needs to be based on the worldview and truth of Jesus Christ. So they invest every single day in that. They read the word of God. They pray. They worship God. They come together in small groups and talk about the word of God. They aren't formed by the feelings they experience and what's happening in the world. They're formed by the word of God and the truth of who he is. We want you to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So partners agree to do that. They invest in their foundation with regular transformation of their heart. As you move on to four, relentless pursuit of one more, which is all about reaching people for Jesus Christ, showing them the truth that, that we would multiply to the place where everyone who is a disciple of Jesus Christ encounters people, and he tells them about the truth of who they are. We listen to the words of Jesus, and we do what he did. We pursue like he did, and that places our foundation on a solid rock. 
Now, how you do that? Well, a lot of these, these commitments don't fully encapsulate the code. They're just the ones that help support it. One of the ways you can do that is by, and the partners agree to, uh, saying, I'm, I'm going to serve once a month at Life Church as we pursue others together. These, if you're noticing, are starting to sound more like the basic foundations of Christian faith because that's what they are. These three and the rest of them, before we get into them, are about investing in your foundation, shoring it up, maybe tearing some things out that don't belong and, and making sure it's secure and level and even so that when the storms come in your life, you'd be okay. And many of you would say, well, storms don't come too often, except that's harder to say now because of the pandemic. We all realized that we got shook, didn't we? Our foundations got shook to see what they were made of. And many of our foundations are much like my flora is, is at my home. And they're not too reliable. Let's come, move on. The next one is whatever it takes, wherever it takes us. Whatever it takes, wherever it takes us. Partners agree to give 10% of whatever they make to Life Church and then grow in generosity beyond. Why? Because they want to invest in the foundation of not just their own life, but in the foundation of this church. You see, our heart follows where our money goes. Did you know that? Wherever you put your money, your heart follows. It's true. And I don't want you to put your money into a foundation of self-sufficiency, into consumerism, into these things that, that will fail you. I want you to put your heart into reliance on Jesus Christ 100%. And when you do that, your foundation is secure. By giving 10% and then growing in generosity and giving to other places and other things and to other stuff, it's amazing what God does to your heart as he gives you a secure foundation in him. It's not easy, but it's so, so good. Moving on to multiply. This one we talked about just a few weeks ago. I'll influence one other person for their spiritual growth. It's discipleship. In Matthew 28 and 19, we already talked about it. God said, go and make disciples. And I talked about how that's a command. That's not a suggestion. That's not something you get to choose to do if you follow Jesus with your life. It's something that you are commanded to do. And in that discipleship, something is transformed. So our partners say, I will disciple. I'll influence one other person. I'll invest. Maybe that's my one person a year. My one person a year that, that multiplies beyond. Partners will disciple. This foundation in your life is more important than you can possibly imagine. It connects to all of us and does something powerful. There are 8 billion people in the world who need the hope of Jesus Christ. Then finally, driven by new life, this is our primary goal. Multiply is penultimate. This one is ultimate. Our lives exist to glorify God. Jared nailed it last week. He said, you will glorify something you're made to. You could be glorifying your kids. You could be glorifying football. You could be glorifying whatever you want to do. You're going to give glory to it. You're going to praise it. That's what you're made to do. You can't help yourself but do it. But you exist to glorify one thing, and that's God, to make your life about making God the most important thing, explaining to people how good he is, Partners commit to being to church every single week so that we can do that together. That's the commitment that we make in this process. So these are our commitments. In a little bit, if it's your time that in the next month you're going to live fully into these covenants, these commitments, then you're going to sign this and you're going to put it right here. Or if you're online, you're going to say, I'm making a commitment to partner and you're going to follow the link. 
that this is the time for you to say, I am going to live in this. You'll have three weeks to figure this out, three weeks to make that decision. Some of you are ready to make that right now, and you'll have a chance to in just a moment to make that commitment. Then we'll partner with you, and there's some amazing things you get to do as, as a partner, and there's some amazing ways that we partner with you in that, and that's all good, and we'll explain all that. But I want you to view this as I am going to work on my foundation of my faith because a partnership creates a foundation capable of weathering the storms of pandemics, painful change, and tragedy. It gives you a good foundation so you're not laying flooring of relationships and people, finances, and identity on something that will fail you. This is so crucial that you understand this. Your foundation matters because your foundation actually connects to our foundation. Your foundation as an individual directly affects our foundation as a church, whether you're a partner or not. What God is doing in you affects where we are at. And that brings me to the second reason. This is so crucial for us to understand. As someone who's leading you, who, who is seeing what God is taking us toward, I need you to know something very important. There is something coming that God wants us to do that's beautiful. What does it have to do? Ephesians 4, 11 through 13. Why, why is this important? What, what is my job as your pastor? What is our job as leaders? It's this. Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers, the, the leaders in the church. Why? To equip his people for works of service. Something is coming. Something is coming, and it's going to be beautiful. It goes on to say, so that the body of Christ may be built up. The foundations may be built up. When? Until we all reach unity in the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. There's something more. God never lets us arrive. He wants us to keep moving. There's more to this story. It's important for you, but I want you to know this. There's something coming, and the weight of what God will do through us as a church is greater than our current foundation can bear. Let that sink in. What God wants to do through us is too heavy for where our foundation currently is. If we do not increase it, if we do not build it up, if we do not reinforce it, we will not be able to bear the weight of what God wants to do through us. There's a 10-year vision coming, a God-sized dream that is more than any of us feel is possible because that's how God works. He does more than you can ask or imagine. And from 2022 to 2032, God is going to do a new work in our church to enhance the song, a part for us to play, a light that we're supposed to shine, and it's going to only be possible because of our foundation and how we invest. It's not about creating a new building or a bigger building or better staff or shinier things or better programs. Uh-uh, no, 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 that's flooring. Flooring can look pretty, but if the foundation is broken, it will fail in the middle of the pandemic. And if you don't realize that that's the truth about the church in America today, you may not have been paying attention. Our foundation is being worked on and built up, and I'm so excited for it. What God wants to do in us and through us, man, I, I, wish, I wish you could experience that. I wish you could wake up in the morning and you see God move through something you're doing and you just go, What? How is this possible? How is God doing this? This is incredible. That feeling, that is what it means to glorify God, is to say, God, you are so good that you would use me to transform my brother-in-law's life, that, that Susie would know you, that I get to watch Steve 
and his life transformed. That is what I want for you. In Ephesians 4.12, it says that we do this so that the body is built up. We need to build our foundation as individuals so we can enhance our foundation as a church. And we'll know we're done in Ephesians 4.13. It comes back up until, we'll do this until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. There is more for you in Christ. Even if you don't believe in Christ, there's definitely more. There's something for you in Jesus Christ, and it's beautiful, and together we will explore that. Now, I actually believe that the fullness of Jesus Christ can only be experienced in community, that the transformation of Jesus Christ can only be experienced through his body, the church. And in fact, I believe that we can only truly experience the fullness, the whole measure of Jesus Christ through our suffering, because often in order to change our foundation, we had to do some work that's not fun, that's not glamorous, that's painful, but it's transformational. Partnership, what I want for every one of you when it is time, it's adding your light to the glory of God that shines in the darkness of our city, and it is noble, and it is beautiful, and it will transform your heart. I'm calling you, everyone, every one of you to this. I deeply believe that if you partner, then you will have laid a groundwork for the foundation of your faith, that you'll invest in it together. The church is not going to leave you alone in this. If you're not ready for partnership today, the other action step for today is the life journey. It will train you up in the foundations of your faith and help you grow and create relationships with others so that you can grow. That's our job, as Ephesians tells us to do, is to equip you for works of service. We're not going to leave you in it. You don't have to, to wait and around and just magically all of a sudden get better at some of these things. No, we want to partner with you in it. But you have to want this foundation to be transformed. Do you remember these flooring, right? <laughs> I want to slam these so bad, but when they shatter, things fly off and hit you in the eye. I don't know that from experience, except I know that from experience. So David's like, please don't slam these on stage. And I'm like, I, yeah, the first row would get obliterated. <laughs> I won't do that. But I want you to know, like many of you, you've had that foundation that just broke, that wasn't good, and, 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 and these broke up. And maybe it's not as simple and as first world a problem as flooring. Maybe it's a divorce. Maybe it's financial ruin. Maybe you're, you know, you've mid, midway through life and you're realizing you're questioning everything about your identity because you built it on things that you don't know if they matter anymore. Maybe if you, you've just pulled everything back and there's been mental illness and all kinds of stuff and, and you're like me and instead of having something of a floor, you don't have anything. You've had to rip up your whole life. You've had to rip it down to the, to the bare bones of your psyche or to your family. Maybe that you don't even have this, and you're just raw. And what you could do, what you could do is go out and find that thing, that new credit card, that new job, that new relationship, that you name it, you fill in the blank, the new city, you can start over, you can do all those things, and you can lay down a new flooring. You could do that, and it might look pretty for a little while, but if the foundation 
is not stable. It will break up. And all that energy and effort and time that you've poured into a flooring that you put on or you paid somebody else to put on it would just amount to nothing. And it's almost worse than if you had just had a raw floor. And many of you have that raw floor. And you're saying, I just, I got to do something. I got to change this. I would tell you that while you feel you're in a horrible place, you are in the absolute best place for you to work on your foundation, for you to allow the Holy Spirit to invest and work on your foundation and make it secure in Him. It's not fun. It's not pretty. There's splinters and it's ugly and it doesn't look good and it doesn't feel nice. But it's a place where you are raw and able to be used by God. See, I had to tear out the subfloor to get to the foundation and you may feel like you're already torn up. You're in the perfect place for God to set your feet on Him, the rock of your salvation. And I would encourage you. I started this journey of flooring on July, or not July, on March, or whatever day it was, Friday the 5th, 13th, March of 2020. I'm 19 months in, and right now I still have a subfloor in my kitchen. I'm encouraging you, please, please stop laying flooring on a crumbling foundation in your life. Don't do it. It's not worth it. We set a bar high for partnership, for accountability, and a relationship between all of us. All of us as staff are partners as well. And, and, and we want this for you because we know that it'll set you up to work on the foundation so that however God builds the rest of your life out, it will be secure in Him. But there are many of you, and this one's going to be much harder for you because your life hasn't fallen apart. There's a flooring that's pretty good, but it's built on a foundation that's shaky. And maybe you don't know that it's breaking up a little bit. Maybe you've taped it down and you're like, whatever, we'll just deal with it. But it will eventually break down. And it's harder for you because in order to live into the foundation and work on the foundation, you're going to have to tear some things up. You're going to have to pull some things apart and say, nope, I got to get down to the foundation. I've got to fix this problem. And it's harder because you don't feel the need to do it yet. Maybe you have an inkling, but I encourage you, it's time to invest in your foundation. Our freedom in Christ is not freedom from doing, like not doing anything we don't want to do. It's freedom to live a life that is built on a foundation. The world has given you a foundation. Did you know that? You've already been discipled. Every single one of us has been discipled by the world we already have a foundation built on the sand. I didn't build that house. I'm just stuck with it. And maybe you didn't build your understanding of the world, but you're not stuck with it. You're not stuck with what the world has offered you because you have the power of Jesus Christ. And it's time, it's time to take your next step and to move in. What's your next step? That's one of these two. Today, in just a moment, many of you are going to make a decision to become a partner. Here's the cool part. Everyone in this room, whether you've been here for 45 minutes or whatever, or you've been here since the very beginning in a backyard, whether you are one of those two people or somewhere in between, you're all in the same position. And what do I mean by that? Well, every year, we take our partnership commitment seriously and we commit every year, which means as of today, no one in the room is a partner unless you've already put it in here and said, I'm going to be a partner. 
We do this every year because it refreshes, reminds us. So no matter who you are, today is your chance to become a partner. And you do that by signing up and committing to the six commitments, the one that's kind of missing on here, but you don't understand what it is. And then you'll get more information as you move on. But some of us aren't ready to live into that. And you'll take three weeks to figure out if that's your time. You have three weeks to make that decision. But even at the end of those three weeks, you might say like, I'm not sure I'm doing partnership for the right reasons. I'm not ready for it yet. But you're saying, I want to be part of this. I want to I move towards that. I want to be transformed. I want to work on my foundation. Guess what? You can do it too. And the way you would do it is by taking your Connect card and filling it out and saying, I'm interested in the life journey. Maybe you've taken a course. Maybe you haven't taken any. It is your chance and time to do that. What we're going to do in a moment is we're going to close uh, by worshiping God and praising God. And you can choose to do one of these two things. If you make a decision to fill out this partnership card, I want you to come down during this next song. I'll be standing right here and put it in there. If you make a choice to move forward with the life journey, I want you to fill out that card, take it down here and put it in there. And together, we can make a commitment to each other that we're not gonna wait until the flooring breaks up. We're not gonna wait until our life falls apart. We are going to fix our foundation on the faith and solid rock of Jesus Christ. So stand with me. Make a decision. And whether you're here or online, you can make a commitment. Online, put in there and say what you're going to do. Tell everybody what you're going to do. Let's worship God together and put our trust in the only firm foundation. again thank you so much for joining us and if you made a decision uh, to recreate a new foundation with Jesus uh, please let us know about that by filling out a connect card you can find the connect card at the now page which is lifechurchcanton.org now and we'd love to be able to walk this journey with you so that you're not alone um, also uh, remember if you'd like to partner with us that information is on the now page as well and uh, we'd love to have you part of our family, part of our team, part of, um, uh, of a group of people that is uh, coming from all different walks of life, but trying to do the best they can to imitate Jesus and to do what he called us to do. Uh, have a wonderful rest of your day. We'll see you back here soon.